Drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. America, stay out the bushes. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess. Hello, and welcome to a Friday, February 17th episode edition of The Elephants in the Room. We're back. Did you miss us? I hope so, or else you wouldn't be listening. Yeah. Right? <laughs> or maybe someone's hearing us for the first time, in which case, hello and welcome to the elephants in the room. Um, it's Friday. We obviously have a lot to catch up on. There was a whole lot that happened. Basically, the last time that we spoke was about the shooting down of the Chinese spy balloon. Correct. Nothing has happened since then in the world, right? Nah. It's been pretty quiet. Now, I actually, I want to start with, you know, it's, I don't, I don't mean to start on a, on a somber note, but people will see where I'm going with this. But two years ago today, to the, to, to this day, uh, was when we lost Rush. Um, and, um, I, 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 I had no idea. I always remember being that he passed away on Ash Wednesday, but I don't remember the actual day. And so I was seeing this on my Twitter feed a lot of, you know, hey, two years ago, two years ago. And a lot of people, you know, of course, the question that's always on, on everyone's mind, what would Rush be saying about what's going on today? And the, and I, 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 there's 30 million of us, 40 million of us who, who ask that question whenever we see a news story. We go, I wonder what Rush would think about this. I wonder what Rush would say about this. And then there's the people who go, well, I know what Rush would say about it. Rush would say A, B, C, D, E, F. And those people are morons. Those people couldn't be dumber. Those people never listened to Rush Limbaugh. Because the thing that kept, there are many things that kept, that, that made people come back to Rush day after day after day and invite him into their home, their lives, three hours a day, five days a week. And beyond the fact that he was a wildly entertaining broadcast professional, one of the things that I always think about with Rush Limbaugh is was his capacity to make you think about a news item or um, a certain situation in a different way than you had previously thought of it. He was a very thought-provoking man. And so that's why I always think I, I can guarantee that Rush would have an extremely unique take on what's going on in the Republican Party and what's going on with the balloons and all this. It would, it would all be very entertaining, but I can guarantee you he would be providing us opinions and takes that we have not heard today, right? That's, that's, the, that's, that's, that's a void that, that still exists in a lot of our lives, that, that Rush void. And um, I was thinking about it because today would have been 
and Open Line Friday. From sunny South Florida via New York City, it's Open Line Friday. And um, I remember one time listening to him say, you know, oh, welcome to Open Line Friday. Um, as it is with the four other days of the week, I still control the direction of the program. Today, we just have the added illusion that you get to control the direction of the program, <laughs> which I thought was really funny because he always jokes that how he takes the, on every Friday, he took the greatest risk in broadcast history by handing over his show to amateurs from him, um, the greatest broadcast professional of our lifetime. <laughs> um, and the reason why I'm thinking of that is because of the first story that we're opening up with, which is the topic of the day in the world. This is the big topic that social media and people are working themselves out. Tampon gate. What's tampon can you gate? Tell me, can you tell me about what's going on, why tampons are trending today in the world? Um, I cannot because I was doing actual work. <laughs> okay. Um, well, um, uh, I wasn't. <laughs> Actually, I was, and, and, and Katie can actually attest to it. I actually have had like an a weird and oddly busy week. But um, having said that, um, the uh, big sports story of the week is that Tiger Woods is playing in his first PGA Tour event um, since his car accident in February 2021. He's played at a few major championships, Masters, uh, PGA at Southern Hills, um, he played at the Open um, at St. Andrews, um, but very limited appearance. He, he played at like a father-son event um, with his son, Charlie. But this is the first time, um, you know, appearing back at a regular PGA Tour tournament. He is paired up with Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas. You know, two, you know, uh, you know, Rory is, you know, probably the most, you know, well-known household name of the current crop of, of guys out there. And Justin Thomas is, you know, is, is certainly up there as well. And J JT and Tiger are very close. They're very close friends. They hang out a lot and practice a lot outside the golf course. And of course, Tiger Woods being a 47 year old, who's had all of these surgeries and these accidents and this and that on the ninth hole out drove Justin Thomas. So while they're walking up the fairway, Tiger Woods hands, you know, taps JT, Justin Thomas, on the hand and hands it to him. And JT looks down and laughs and, and they go on their way. And no one makes a big deal of it until someone tweets out the video of uh, the, the accounts at Rick Gaman's account, Rick, Rick, at Rick Rungood. If you're interested in golf DFS information, at Rick, Rick Rungood uh, on Twitter. Uh, but anyways, he tweeted out that, that oh, hey, looking at it, that Tiger handed a tampon to JT after he outdrove him on the ninth. <laughs> a very juvenile insult to your friend. Hey, you girl, I outdrove you. Why don't you hit the weight room? Right? Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. It's something that, you know, in 2023, generally speaking, that's not what kids are brought up doing these days. But as someone who is part of a generation who did that, and not to mention my name's Max, okay, what's one of the most well-known feminine um, products out there? Maxi pads. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if I had a nickel for every time I've been called Maxi pad in my life, 
I wouldn't be doing this. You would have never heard of me because I would be retired somewhere in a remote location living it up. And so, and so when I saw this, obviously, a lot of people found this to be really humorous. And of course, because it's 2023, a lot of people found this to be one of the most offensive things they've ever seen in their life. And so uh, uh, Christine Brennan from the USA Today wrote an op-ed blasting the 15-time major winner. Really, Tiger? What a bizarre thing for a girl dad to do. I'm guessing most of the millions of fathers and mothers who support their athletic daughters probably have long since retired all their juvenile pranks that were intended to demean the ability of those girls they love and for whom they spend so much time cheering, but not our tiger. Wow. Wow. That like, let's, let's, let's read into a simple joke between two friends a little bit more. Let's, let's, let's really essentially call this guy a terrible father. For a, for a joke, right? For a joke. Hey, you girl, I hit the ball farther than you. Everyone over the age of 15 has heard that comment before and probably didn't bat an eye at it, okay? It's really not that big. It's honestly in the level of insults, it's a one out of 10. And frankly, it's pretty funny. It's guy humor. Is it juvenile? Yeah. Would you think a 47-year-old would be doing that to a 29-year-old? No. It's probably not the first thing that you would think of, right? You know, there's other things that there's other things that you would think of him doing. But you want to know what? Boys will be boys. And so people, of course, so Tiger had to apologize. He had to come out and apologize today. He had to be asked about it. It was supposed to be fun and games, Wood said, but obviously it hasn't turned out that way. And if I offended anybody, it was not the case. It was just friends having fun. And as I said, if I'm offended anybody in any way, shape, or form, I'm sorry. This falls into the category of why Donald Trump won in 2016, and it's why Republicans have such an awesome shot in 2024. Because people are losing their minds out there over stupid, simple things. Like Tiger Woods giving a tampon to Justin Thomas after he outdrove him. You look like you want to say something. Yeah, can I take a contrarian view on Please this? Please take a contrarian view on this. So as a female golfer. As a woman. Who can't drive the ball very far, but that's because mm -hmm. I'm tiny. Um, I think a funnier joke would have been to give him a tiny little dumbbell toy thing. It gets the same point across and it doesn't insult women. Um, I don't disagree. I don't. I, okay. 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 So was it the funniest thing he could have done in that moment? I don't know. I guess my point, my point is, is it whether was he yeah like executing humor to the highest standard my point is is that this is something that people getting worked up over is like that's the height of privilege if you get worked over some worked up over something like this that's the height of privilege because as you said no i have no idea what's going on with this because i have a job i have life People spent all day worried, on, uh, upset, upset about this, right? I mean, Tiger Woods isn't, isn't a good girl dad because he handed a tampon to Justin Thomas. 
I've said my point. <laughs> I think you can make a joke without bringing women down. I don't think he was, he wasn't bringing women down. He yeah, was, he is basically saying you hit like a girl. That was his joke. I mean. And I bet there are a lot of female professional golfers who could outdrive both of them. I don't, first of all, when it comes to women, I think Tiger Woods' approval late rating is probably already in the single digits. So, you know, <laughs> I'm going to take a shot and say this probably didn't change any change anyone's opinion of him that much. Um, he's not exactly he's not exactly a fan favorite of the women out there to begin with. But but to my point, I'm just not. I guess I'm just not offended by it. Oh, because you're not a girl. I just don't think it rose to the level of something to be offended about. Well, I'd have to find something you're insecure about and then make the analogy, but I can't think of it right now. I do think it's, I do think the weight joke would be funny, right? Yeah. That's what I said. You should have like a, like a, like a pink little dumbbell, like a two and a half pounder. Yeah. There you go. No, wait, it can't, it can't be pink. That's sexist. Yeah. Just a little dumbbell. All right, so I know we didn't wait a week and a half just to talk about golf. Well, we, I wanted to bring it up because that's the culture these days, and, and, it, and it segues perfectly into what we're going to talk about. We're not going to spend a lot of time about the State of the Union. My personal opinion of it is as soon as they started lying about the Republicans and wanting to cut this and that, and by the way, I want to cut Social Security and Medicare. Slash it. Slash it. We need to, we need to literally take a chainsaw to entitlements, into future entitlements. We need to start telling people, hey, guess what? Retirement age is going to be 75. I'm not talking about for people haven't taken it now or we're close to it, but you know, if you're 22 right now or if you're if you're 15 or younger, you right now have the ability to change your mindset on what retirement is going to look like for you. There's no reason why we shouldn't raise the retirement age for those folks to 75. It'll do a great thing. But having said that, Having said that, as soon as Biden started lying about the Republican policies and Republican plans, they should have just walked out. I thought Marjorie Taylor Greene was great. I thought her outfit was a little over the top. But, hey, look, she got seen. She got on camera. She correctly called the president a liar, which he is. That's an objective fact. And, um, and, um, and then we got to be reminded about um, how you have to comb through everything Mitch McConnell does with a fine-tooth comb because sometimes he'll go out and shiv everyone in a personal attack, which, look, he's got personal beef with Rick Scott. He threw Rick Scott challenged him for a leadership position. If you're going to shoot the king, you better not miss. Rick Scott missed. Mitch McConnell's going to go after him. Mitch McConnell said, yeah, Joe Biden called out Rick Scott's plan correctly. That's not what we stand for. Thanks, Mitch. That's great. Thanks for being a completely irresponsible senator and, and, and failing to acknowledge that we have a crisis when it comes to entitlement reform. Thank you so much. There's another Republican candidate who is also on Mitch McConnell's side on this. We'll get to that in a second. But the State of the Union, Republicans just don't show up next time. That's my take on it. Just don't show up next time. Joe, we'll watch from the comfort of our own homes. But frankly, we're not interested in watching you lie for an hour and a half. We have better things to do with our time. I'll read the transcript in the morning if I get to it. But frankly, it's probably going to be around the Super Bowl again anyways, and there's better things to read about. 
That's my take on the State of the Union. It's my take on every State of the Union in perpetuity because it's an antiquated, stupid thing that we should just end. Whoa, that is a turnaround because you were all excited to watch it. I always get excited because of the pomp and circumstance, and it's fun, but at the end of the day, is it a productive political activity? No, it's not. What is a productive political activity? Because I would say 95% of what they do is not productive. Yeah. But that's because government <laughs> government inherently is not productive. That's why we are on the side of small government. We want to see this slash it, shrink it, shrink it. Government's not productive, right? It's, it's when people go, hey, you know, like, oh, we created these jobs. No, you didn't create jobs. Businesses created jobs. The only thing that government can do is make it harder for businesses to create jobs. That's the only thing the government can do. Well, now that they've made it so hard, they could technically make it easier by repealing some things. Yeah, we could do that by getting rid of the federal government. Um, all right, anyways, we have, but wait, we have an entrant into the Republican presidential race and its former ambassador and former South Carolina governor, Nikki Haley. It's official. Boring. <laughs> so her pitch is um, a generational one. She went on Sean Hannity's show on Tuesday night after her announcement, or Tuesday or Wednesday night. Tuesday or Wednesday night after her announcement, and um, it doesn't matter, it's so boring. And Hannity asked her the proper question, which was, hey, how are you different than Donald Trump, right? You're running against Donald Trump, what's different? It's like, well, I'm a young, fresh voice. I.e., I think that I would have a better job of getting elected. I have a better chance of getting elected than Donald Trump because of his Trumpiness. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, her, that's essentially her pitch. I don't know who that plays to. I saw someone say that she was running a, a pre-Trump Republican campaign, which I kind of agree with. Um, today, she came out and attacked Ron DeSantis from the right. Saying that his saying that the um, the education bill, the what you're allowed to discuss and sexuality and gender, it's the one that's colloquially referred to as the "don't say gay" bill in the media. Mm. She said that that didn't go far enough. She said third graders shouldn't be talking about gender. We got to you know we got to get this out of out of, out of, out of elementary school. This got to we got to we got to protect our kids. So she went after DeSantis from from the right. As governor, the, what bills did she pass to do that? Yeah, well, Nikki Haley Probably tore down none. the Confederate statues. She got rid of the Confederate flag, which ticks off certain certain groups. Um, you know, the main thing the main thing about Nikki Haley is that she just seems to have the wrong instincts, right? Um, and I saw it put best by someone who I don't particularly agree with all of the time, uh, Kurt Schlichter on uh, townhall.com, who said, they, he said, my biggest issue with Nikki Haley is that she cares too much about what, what the media thinks of her. And I think that that's a really great way of describing a number of candidates who, um, who I think the other term that we would generally use for them is wimpy. Yeah. Right. Um, it's the John McCain 
thing. It's the, oh, um, you know, I'm a different kind of Republican. You know, I'm just the, you know, I'm just a mom down the street from small town, South Carolina. I'm, I'm a woman of color. You know, I'm a successful woman. There's, I'm just, you know, I'm just, they're never going to love you. Exactly. Exactly. They're never going to like you. You are a Republican. You are a conservative. She governed as a fairly conservative governor. Look, the State of the Union response, that's always going to be held against her and should be exhibit A of why she can't be the nominee. However, she was actually an effective conservative governor. And if you look at the, at the business investment that came into South Carolina during her time, huge, 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 really great, really great governor for, for the economy of South Carolina, um, you know, this is someone who's who has governed consistently as a conservative Republican, but is lacking the one thing that is a requirement in the post twenty sixteen Republican Party, which is you can't just be a fighter. I mean, you have to be throwing haymakers constantly. And there can be a separate debate about whether that that's an important trait to have or not if you want to be the chief executive of the country but nevertheless you have to be you have to have a little bit of edge to you because in the republican electorate right now there's a little bit of there's more than a little bit of anger at what's going on to our country we're starting to feel like things are at a tipping point more than they have been previously and it's not that we want people to run angry campaigns. That's not what we want. We want those optimistic, forward-looking, pursuit of excellence campaigns. But there's a sense of urgency. There's a sense of urgency in how Trump speaks. There's a sense of urgency in how DeSantis speaks. Um, there's a sense of urgency in how a lot of congressmen and senators who we look to um, speak of a, hey, look, you know, our debt is really spiral- spiraling out of control. By 2033, 20% of our budget will be towards paying interest on our debt. And then 2037, the Social Security Trust Fund no longer can pay out benefits fully. Right. I mean, what we're looking for is someone who has strong principles, a get shit done kind of attitude, and isn't going to acquiesce to the left. I mean, yeah. we want a Trump minus the overspending, minus the childish behavior. Mm-hmm. And I think we get a lot of that in DeSantis. And I don't think you get a lot of it in Nikki Haley. She's too meek. Yeah. There's no it factor. Sorry, you need an it factor to get elected these days. That's just that's just the that's just what happens when there's 300 million people in your country. It's it's the it factor. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. You're 100 percent correct. You're 100 percent correct. You have to be able to. Yo, know, this came up when we were chatting this weekend, 1960. What changed that? What changed that election between Nixon and Kennedy? Televised debates. Televised debates. You got one guy sweating up there, talk, talking, talking big, talking a little weird, and he got Kennedy up there, looking sharp. They knew exactly what they were doing. 
right? And that's just and this is the fact of the matter. You have, you have to play to it. You're 100% correct. Right. And we need someone who actually exudes leadership, which I was reading a book last night and the definition of it had it as someone who can essentially convince people to follow them and head in one direction. Yes. Yeah. There's only one person running so far who's been proven to do that. And it's the guy, it's the guy who was already elected president, who's already proven that he can do it. Right. And it's so frustrating because honestly, all he has to do is fix a few things. Yeah. Yeah. And he just doesn't want to do it. And that's one of the reasons that makes him so frustrating. He's so stubborn. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh no. I mean, I mean the, the, I mean the, it's like, it's, it's like every great, it's like every great, you know, anyone who's great, anyone who, who, who possesses greatness has such a self-belief and such a self-confidence that sometimes they're unable to I think what overcome it's, that, yeah, frankly. <laughs> I think what it's shown to I think what it's shown to me, which I find very sad, is back in twenty sixteen and for the, the good chunk of his presidency, I felt mm-hmm. very much like he cared about country above all. Like he was being selfless. Mm-hmm. And then the last couple of years we've seen no, he's really actually pretty selfish. And he really only cares about himself and he doesn't care about the country as much. Yeah, I, I, I have to say, I mean, the, 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 the business arrangements he's getting into with Saudi Arabia are, 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 are beyond questionable um, for any elected well, official. It's also just, and, and it's also I, just become, become, I want to be president. I was robbed. Yeah. I should be president. It's like, okay, but don't you care about the country? Like, isn't that, shouldn't that be the priority? Not because you got robbed? Well, so, so, I'll, say, so I'll say that he... I, I'm going to push back on that a little bit because I do think that he he genuinely cares about the direction that he's going that where that the direction that the country's going in, but I also agree that I worry if if he I really cared about, about the direction of the country, why is he hoarding all of the revenue that's that he's raised? Well, I mean, I mean, and and why is he and why is he and why is he claiming that that George Soros is is endorsed Ron DeSantis? Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, what he's what he did today was just like has just been kind of universally, well, not. It's just been universally. I would say mostly universally condemned in the, in the Republican in the Republican world of um, pushing this idea that George Soros endorsed Ron DeSantis um, at the Munich Security Conference uh, yesterday. Um, it's a um, um, uh, it, it's it's a it's a, a clip that came from Gateway Pundit that put that they're pushing that George Soros. Um, supports DeSantis and I, I want to read this out I want to read this word for word because it's um people who are telling President Trump to push this idea are doing him a massive disservice they're really turning off people like like me frankly who are looking at this primary and going, okay, <clears throat> we got to take out Biden. Who's going to take out Biden? That's number one. And if and if and if no one and 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 there's only one person running who's been proven that they can win 
a presidential election and a Republican nomination, it's Donald Trump. I'm also of the opinion that <clears throat> when it comes to nominating fights, you highlight policy and priority differences and personality differences without lying about your opponent. You shouldn't need to lie in order to win in a primary. Um, you can, you know, use any other entertaining tactic, but lying shouldn't be done. But here it is. Um, so this is this is the Soros clip that that's making it um, around. Um, my hope for 2024 is that Trump and Governor DeSantis of Florida will slug it out for the Republican nomination. Trump has turned into a pitiful, pitiful figure, continually bemoaning his loss in 2020. Big Republican donors are abandoning him in droves. DeSantis is shrewd, ruthless, and ambitious. He is likely to be the Republican candidate. This could induce Trump, whose narcissism has turned into a disease, to run as a third-party candidate. This would lead to a Democratic landslide and force the Republican Party to reform itself. But perhaps I may be just a little bit biased. Um, that would truly be the nail in the coffin for me on him. Like, well, that yeah. would be the most <clears throat> selfish thing to do. You truly do not care about the country if you do that. You just yeah, don't. Yeah, it's that's and it's not, and it's just something that I'm. It's just an idea in a situation that I'm not really interested in entertaining as a thought or a discussion topic because it is so far down the road, frankly. Um, that kind of thing and and i really um i don't want to believe that he would put or or make the argument that um or i don't think really anyone's interested in making the argument that biden and desantis are somehow uh, closely related policy wise together um but 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 george soros is highlighting a fear that that we've heard that we've heard, we've read about, one that is real, that exists among Republicans. And it shows up in two forms, which is the Trump runs as a third-party candidate or Trump doesn't endorse and tells his folks it's rigged, don't bother voting. And do they, and, and, does, and does, the, does MAGA not show up? Does the Trump or like the, you're the opposite, the only Trumpers, do the only Trumpers now not show up? And that's and that's the other quest, and that's always been the other question. Um, if Trump doesn't get the nomination, um, anyways, my point about reading about this is none of that could possibly be construed by any intelligent person with critical thinking skills as an endorsement of Gov Governor DeSantis. Right? This is an endorsement of Donald Trump running as a third-party candidate. If 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 Ron DeSantis wins the nomination, right? George Soros's dream. Is for is for DeSantis to win the nomination, Trump to become enraged, Trump to run third party, and Joe Biden to, re, to regain the the White House. That is the one hundred. That 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 is that is what he is talking about right there. He is not talking about right. The other thing that he is bringing out, and this is <clears throat> remember, he's a big Democrat donor. He's a big Democrat donor bundler. When you say he, who do you mean? George Soros. Uh -huh. Remember, what do you say? Big Republican donors are abandoning Trump in droves, i.e., they're heading to this DeSantis guy, okay? So start spending your money on the DeSantis issue. That's the other thing that he's saying here.
Okay. Um, by the way, um, if you're looking at this as some sort of a, um, that the uh, DeSantis is shrewd, ruthless, and ambitious, if you're looking at that as George Soros complimenting um, Ron DeSantis, you should Google George Soros, Trump, China 2019 and see all the wonderful things that George Soros had to say about Trump's China policy back then. Um, obviously not an endorsement then or now, but more, more along the lines of keep an eye out for the people who push this, especially if you're a Trump supporter, because the people who are pushing this are doing a disservice, I believe, to President Trump. And are certainly doing a good job of alienating, um, you know, the sixty-six percent of the the seventy percent of the Republican Party that has not made up their minds, as well. Um, but it, but you know what? It's it's primary season. It's primary season. It's great. It's great. It's fun. They're all gonna slug it out. Don't take any of this stuff personally. Some people, now that I'm back on Twitter and reading stuff on Twitter, it's crazy how personally people take what happens to a candidate and, yeah. or like what people say about a candidate, like, 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 like as if it's an attack on one of their own family members. <laughs> it's, it's adorable. Now, do you think, because this is the first primary season um, since probably 2016 where it should go back to like normal if like in terms of like folks doing rallies and things. Mm -hmm. Do you think they'll do that? In what states do you think they'll be the most prevalent? Well, Nikki Haley was in New Hampshire this week. Okay. So even though New Hampshire's now number three, four? Well, that's to be decided. Oh. Bill Gardner up there, the Secretary of State. Literally his only job. Literally his only job. <laughs> so the Democrats want to make New Hampshire like third or something like that. They want to reward. Biden wants to reward South Carolina for giving him, you know, the boost into the nomination. Um. Uh, Republicans aren't planning on doing that. Republicans are planning to do Iowa and New Hampshire. So it might be off. like a split, like South Carolina Democrats go on a different day than the Republicans. Yeah, it could do be. Do you think that'll be like encourage that? more or less voter fraud? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? It's gonna be it's gonna be wild. Um, but uh, but yeah. So but right now, the, as far as I know, the plan for the Republicans is to continue to be Iowa caucuses, New Hampshire. Okay, should we start fundraising to send ourselves to New Hampshire to go to the rallies? <laughs> Total joke, but also kind of it would be awesome. <laughs> but also it's really cold. Yeah, there's some other factors in there. <laughs> I know that it would be really cold. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, no, we're going to have to make our way out there though for it, I think. Um, I'm serious about that. Is there anything else that I wanted to to uh, to get to? Um, no, not really. It's open line Friday, and I get to decide. <laughs> um, yeah, I really. The I actually want. I heard on the radio today. Okay, it was someone filling in for Hannity. I don't know their name. Sorry, uh, and they were <laughs> talking to someone else who I don't remember. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is that. Uh, they were talking about how they were, I don't know if they're hypothesizing or this has been proven, probably hypothesizing, uh, that the Biden administration is essentially using the intelligence community to put 
make them the scapegoat for the not shooting down the China balloon because they didn't want to ruffle any feathers with China because they're trying to get climate change things passed through China. Didn't we talk about this on our previous episode? I don't know. We did. But also... He might be listening to the elephants and repeating our content. <laughs> <clears throat> um, what was the other thing? Oh, no, no, I forgot. Yeah, that was the original thinking because uh, Blinken was supposed to go to um, chat about a climate deal with... Um, oh, and also that I think Biden still hasn't talked to China since we shot down all the balloons. Oh, uh, that I do believe to be correct. Yeah. How weak. Also, do you think we're in a cold war with China now? Uh, define, I mean, are we in a cold, are we in a cold war with, with China? Um, Which the definition is a state of political hostility between countries characterized by threats, propaganda, and other measures short of open warfare. I mean, yeah, but you could say that about us in a lot of countries, right? I mean, you could say that we're in a we're still in a cold war with Russia. I mean, you could say we're in a hot war with Russia. You could say <laughs> we're in an actual war with Russia, given how much we're ba- given how much we're giving to Ukraine, right? And by the way, by I the think way, was- Ukraine keeps getting money, but they can't get any money for East Palestine, uh, Ohio. FEMA has denied uh, disaster assistance. Terrible. Isn't that, isn't that nice? The first Palestine the left doesn't like. <laughs> I think they brought it up because China's putting sanctions on us or some U.S. companies or both. Um, I think probably by definition we're not in the Cold War, but we could be edging towards it. It's not great that our president hasn't spoken to their leader in a week, week and a half, however long it's been. Yeah, I I would say I would just say given the fact that our economies are so intertwined, it's hard to really call it a cold war. We're we're but we're we're just uh, eh, push push will come to shove at some point. You would think, right? Definitely not going to be over a balloon. <laughs> and by the way, they found out they they found out that one of the other balloons that we shot down was a twelve dollar balloon being flown by a hobby club. Nice. Jeez. Uh, uh, Do we have to pay them back? What's the recourse for that? <laughs> right. Um, I think the more question is why did you use a four hundred thousand dollar missile to shoot down a hobby balloon? Um, and, my, and hopefully it wasn't the one that we missed. Remember, we missed our shot on one of them, the one over uh, Lake Huron. Hey. Do we have a food topic? I don't think we have a food topic. I don't think we do. No. Oh, we could talk about like what's the most consumed food on Valentine's Day. I would assume chocolate. Well, the first thing when I Google it, granted, I don't know what good what the website BBC Good Food is, but apparently steak is the overwhelming favorite of the BBC Good Food users for Valentine's Day. I'll go to a steak dinner. A nice steak Eating dinner. steak. I just, I don't think that's, that's the, the British, same. Though. They have <laughs> gutter, gutter pie. I don't, I don't think anyone goes to goes to. Okay, I need an opinion on food. Let me go to England. 
Um, Words have never been spoken. <laughs> an article from 2016, so this is a little old, was the most popular Grubhub item was a heart-shaped Valentine sushi roll. Ooh, I like that. That sounds good. I think oysters would be up there. They're an aphrodisiac, supposedly. And then in 2020, the Kitchen published their 14 most popular Valentine's Day recipes of all time, and number one was chocolate-covered strawberries. Yeah, chocolate-covered strawberries. How do you need a recipe for that? You got chocolate, you melt it, you dip the strawberries in it. That's it. Have That's the ever, recipe. <laughs> have you ever read how many instructions there are on a microwave popcorn? <laughs> it's unbelievable. That's for liability, I swear. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Please don't use a recipe to make chocolate-covered strawberries. I know you all can problem-solve this yourself. The American school system has not failed us that much. <laughs> oh, really? You don't think it hasn't? I I would be scared scared poopless <laughs> to, to be like okay uh you random public school teenager <laughs> melt chocolate for me do you yeah what what are the chances our house would still be standing like 30 percent now i kind of want to go do that like person on the street thing but um we don't have the time for that um okay that's our food thing yeah that's our food thing we'll be back with more episodes next week yeah, Monday's a holiday, so we really have no excuses. Exactly. So Play like a champion. <laughs> <laughs> You'll hear us on Monday. The chant is drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. Stay out the bushes. Jeff is a mess. <laughs>